welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behavior, and success strategies of high-achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women to maximize their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, high-performance coach, inspirational speaker, and author of the book, The Psychology of Successful Women. On today's episode, I had the huge pleasure of speaking with Alana Bastenburn and Jade Collins from Fem Economy. We had a great conversation about all things entrepreneurship. They shared lots of top tips to help other women start their own businesses or thrive in their current business. We talked about how we can all play our part in supporting gender equality. They shared lots of advice and great tips around the importance of building your network, trusting your intuition, and so much more. So Alana and Jade, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. It's so great to be speaking with you both today. Thanks, Thanks Shana. Well, super excited to have you on the show. So Alana, perhaps you could start off by telling our listeners about Fem Economy, where the idea came from and how it all started. So Fem Economy educates consumers, budget owners and business owners on how their purchasing decisions can create gender equality. And my story is actually being invited into the business by my amazing sister-in-law, Jade Collins. <laughs> um, she, we joked that she actually did, you know, 15 years of due diligence before inviting me to be uh, her business partner. But she was actually in a Melbourne taxi and doing what she does best, reading voraciously. Um, she was reading a Harvard Business Review article that said, Women make 85% of purchase decisions. And her amazing, huge brain of hers started ticking over and thinking, well, yeah, that's a massive economic lever and an opportunity to drive change um, and to create gender equality. So what are some of the economic levers we can use um, with this amazing purchasing power that women have? So what we started to do at Fem Economy is actually certify women-owned and women-led businesses to encourage people to purchase from them. So Fem Economy certified means your company has to have at least 30% women on the board of directors or 50% female ownership. So I guess for you as a consumer, Shona, you know, you could choose to buy a women's clothing brand that was Fem Economy approved or as a business owner, you could choose to trade with another women-owned business that's using your economic lever. And if we think about, you know, larger corporates and governments and large organisations, you know, making sure they have women-owned businesses in their supply chains to make them more inclusive. So I guess the reason with all of this, you know, why should we care about women in leadership um, well, it's because, one, those companies are more profitable, which is really important. That creates more opportunities for everyone. But actually, they're less likely to have a gender pay gap. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to have workplace flexibility and parental leave. They employ more women. And they don't just talk about having women in leadership. They actually have women in leadership. And so, therefore, they're improving gender equality for that organisation across the board, which then helps women and men in their communities um, progress gender equality. 
I love that and I love the ripple effect that you just explained there. And I guess linked to that, something that you and me have spoken about before and we all kind of know it at a vague level. Can you maybe tell our listeners a little bit bit more about the picture of gender equality right now in Australia, Um, which links nicely to what you were just saying then, and then maybe how we compare to the rest of the world? Yeah, so the story in Australia, unfortunately, isn't a great one. So if we look at the 2006 World Economic Forum Global Gender Gap Report, Australia was 15th in the world. We were doing pretty well, right? But in 2021, we've slid down to number 50. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's a shocker. So in, in 2021, countries that were in the top 10 included New Zealand, Rwanda, Ireland, and obviously lots of the Scandinavian countries. So that's the picture for Australia at the moment. But if we look in the region that we're in, so the East Asia and Pacific region, it will take us just over 165 years to reach gender equality. And this is actually 44 years behind sub-Sahara Africa and 113 years behind Western Europe. So, you know, that's, that's, that's all some pretty scary stats in terms of, you know, Australia and where we are in our region. But a piece of good news mm-hmm. is that um, Australia is actually number one in the world for women's educational attainment. So, yeah. you know, we have the most qualified, amazing women in the world and then our systems and structures fail them. But they actually also fail men. So, you know, there's another report which says four out of five new fathers want to be involved in caring for their children and having, you know, time in the community. But we need to, again, change the systems and structures to enable them to do that. So this is one of the reasons, you know, when you make an organisation more female-friendly, you actually help more people than just the women in the community because men want that workplace flexibility, as well. And I think another point is that, you know, culturally in Australia, we believe there are jobs for men and jobs for women. Why is it so bad? But that's another whole can of worms, right? It is is another whole can of worms. And, you know, this gender segregation, Mm. you know, that really needs to be about the conversations that we have in our homes, in our communities at barbecues, you know, and in the workplaces. It's not, it's actually not enough just to expect, you know, governments or organisations to um, to make a change. So I don't know if we were to go there or whether we've got time, but I just want to ask the question anyway, Alana. So why have we dropped back? Like what are just, can you just be a little bit, um, explain a little bit for our listeners about some of those measures maybe? Like why is it going to take us 165 years and how come we've fallen back? Because like you said, in some ways it looks like we're making progress and, you know, all these great statistics you hear about women being educated to really high levels and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, just just quickly, if you could give a few tips, I'd love to know. Um, I'll let Jade add into this as well. Um, one, one, of the, one of the areas is women's participation in politics in this country. It's, the two, it's that dimension and also workforce participation because we have... Although we have extremely highly educated women, we have um, a very high proportion of women working part-time instead of full-time who do participate in the workforce. Yeah. Wow. Well, look, we could have a whole podcast just on that, couldn't we? But thank you for setting the scene because I do, um, you know, as a coach and I'm obviously hugely passionate about gender equality, people often ask me about it and I think 
without sort of having some of those numbers and those statistics, it can be easier to surface level to think we're doing okay, you know, and then like you mm-hmm. said, you compare it to some other country and you go, wow, 165 years before this gender equality in Australia, it's mind-blowing. So changing tact a little bit with that now, um, Jade, I'd love to ask you, again, one of the things I get asked a lot as a business owner, and I'm, so, I'm sure you ladies see this all the time in your work, but is people wanting to make that transition from corporate to running their own business, whether that be on a casual basis, part-time basis, you know, full-time basis. Perhaps you could share um, with our listeners a little bit about your own story of making that transition from corporate to running your own business and some of the things like the skills, the transferable skills or mindsets or things that have kind of helped you that you learned from that, that time in corporate. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Shona, there are so many transferable skills from corporate. Yes, I totally agree with you. <laughs> actually, women a lot of the time underestimate the skills mm-hmm. and knowledge that they have attained in corporate because it all becomes our assumed knowledge, doesn't it? And we yeah. just take it for granted. You know? yeah. um, but in so many ways, business is business and a human-centred endeavour regardless of the size of the business. Yeah. So I think just to be specific, you know, if you – um, things like uh, coming from corporate, the opportunity for professional development and also, you know, that exposure to really big systems training in complex environments um, and having to adapt to change regularly, dealing with uncertainty and ambiguity because things are always changing with cycles of business. Mm-hmm. So I think those are really transferable skills into small to medium business settings and, and starting out absolutely because you know as an entrepreneur also that, you know, nothing is predictable and you absolutely have to be ready to adapt all the time. You so do. And I love what you said because I agree. I think we all underestimate. I, you know, I did. When I made that leap, I was terrified and thinking, what do I know about business? You know, and mm. it's like, well, you've been working in business and, you, you know, you know people and you know psychology and you know what you do and all of those components make up business, right? So I love that you said that because I'm sure a lot of women listening in and even more over the last, just even the last 6 to 12 months, I'm hearing more and more people say with COVID going on for longer and all that sort of stuff, you know, maybe they want to launch out and run their own business, but then all those fears and doubts pop up and you think, oh, do I have what it takes? So I, I love that sense of we often underestimate and business is business and people are people, right? So thanks. Absolutely. Those tips. Um, so you're both now in your own successfully established business. What would be just some of your personal top tips for people listening in who maybe are at that point right in this moment where they're thinking they might make that leap or they want to start their own business? What would be some advice or just any top tips for really, someone who could it, be listening it's, in? Um, it's something that we get asked quite a bit, actually, um, particularly because there is, you know, that transition from corporate life to business. So, you know, understand the time and money that you're willing to put in to start your business. You know, what are you going to invest? Are you going to invest two years and X dollars? And, you know, keep that as your your plan. Um, And then, you know, finding that business partner or support network or someone to walk the journey with you. You know, it's much easier if you can share the load. So find that tribe of complementary skills to you but make sure they have an aligned value set 
So often we find with women in business, they'll get advice from people who perhaps don't share the same values and then that's, you know, that's really hard. And we say to them, you know, trust your gut instinct. You know, you don't have to take every piece of advice that you're given. If you feel like it's not right, then, you know, you can just, you can pass on that. And the other thing is, you know, everyone is in love with their, their idea at the start But you don't know how the market will will respond until you test it in market. So if it's 80% right, get it out there, test it. Um, And, you know, perfection is difficult for women. They often, you know, seek perfection, but often that then costs them the time and money that they've set out at the start that they were going to invest. So bring your customers on the journey with your minimum viable product and, um, you know, create your business, create your business around that. And I know Jade's got some um, tips as well. I think for women in business, finding an understanding of what the cycle of your business is and actually being able to tune into and understand the natural cycle of your business Mm -hmm. and the business cycles, they often follow patterns. So actually being able to predict uh, your business cycle over the course of a year means that you can change your plans and make new plans as new business conditions arise. But that takes a while and a few years into your business before obviously you can start to have that insight. Um, I think the importance of building and maintaining networks can just never be understated and also giving back into your networks without an expectation um, of a transactional return. So, you know, that's that's something that we really hold um, fast to with the work that we do. Um, I think another thing, you know, and and it's said over and over, you you have to know your numbers and corporate finance and business finance is its own particular language. So take the time to understand how to handle on your numbers, plan and set your financial goals because those are absolutely fundamental to running a business. Um, you know what, I think one that um, maybe is um, underestimated is the ability to um, to work well in a team, but also the importance of having fun at work can't be stressed enough. I, I had an ex-colleague over the weekend and send me a photo from 11 years ago and you know this is someone I hadn't had contact with for a number of number of years but he obviously had popped up to him and he sent it and he said you know thought of that time a lot the team often and he he felt very nostalgic about that time um, in our career and I think that was a combination of because we kicked some huge goals together but we also had a ton of fun doing it and life short so you know, you just can't take it all too seriously. Make sure you're having fun along the way. So I love what you said then, Jade. I totally agree with you. You know, the fun piece, we spend so long at work. Um, you know, life is short. At the end of the day, you know, we, we spend so much time that we should be doing stuff that we enjoy and we want to work with people that we enjoy doing it with. So I love your tip mm-hmm. around that. And the one around knowing your numbers, knowing your cycle is really important. Obviously, networking, you and me have spoken about this before. It is so big, personal support for professional support. And like you said, it's about being generous. It's about giving back as well. You know, it's not always about what can people give us or how can they help us, but how can we give back and how can we support? Because it is all about reciprocity, you know. Um, And some things Alana said earlier made me smile because, as you both know, I've just written my book and a lot of them um, have come up. A lot of things we're talking about today have come up, but like around perfectionism, you know, 
to so many women in business. Ooh. For me, I took it. As I was writing the book, it was kind of haunting me. So I love mm. when you could then, you know, get your minimal, minimum viable product out there and test it. Like we often want to wait until something's perfect. You know, I could still just keep working on this book forever because perfection never, never comes, right? So I love that tip around perfectionism and, and also the one around of just be careful what advice you take on because I think, and again, I do talk about that in the book, often we can be so open and listening like, yeah, what do you think and what do you think and what you think? And then you can sometimes lose your own way or, you know, to use your words around if they don't have the same aligned values, then maybe that isn't the right choice for you either. So that sense of trusting your gut and trusting your intuition. So there's so many great things both of you shared in there. So you ladies obviously deal with so many women in business at all different levels. I'd love to know what are maybe one or two of the common challenges that you see women in business come up against? And even more importantly, you know, how have they overcome these challenges? Um, I think often for women in business, you know, the reason they've started their business is because they want to um, use their skills and training and, you know, they want to create a company that aligns their values or has purpose or helps others or that's flexible. But often they're also juggling a lot of other hats. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether that is study or volunteer work or children or, you know, caring for an older parent. So, you know, how you craft time for the business around those things that are really important to you. And, again, it comes back to that, you know, support and support network Mm -hmm. and also support within the home. So, you know, that gender equality in the home, again, the support from your partner, um, and others in your community to, to help your business thrive is, is really important and trying to balance those priorities and being kind to yourself, you know. Self-care is really important. Um, women's health, um, you know, we support so many other people um, in our lives that it's really important that we take care of ourselves. And I think sometimes, particularly the language around the startup culture mm-hmm. of, you know, burn and churn and scale and you know it's all quite it's all quite aggressive and makes people feel more pressure than they need to feel Mm -hmm. people have been building small successful businesses for you know thousands of years so just take the time build a strong foundation do it on your terms um and you know and you will be successful as long as it's within the parameters you set around time and money and what you're investing into it like we said before yeah Jade, do you see any? Mm. Yeah, I think talking about time and money, we sometimes see that women don't value their time as money um, and we don't want to widen the pay gap. So make sure that you prioritise paying yourself and your superannuation within a certain time frame. Um, We often see, you know, uh, some people will start their business as a side hustle. Uh, Then they'll build up to working part-time and, you know, once the business has a revenue that you can forecast they move away from being an employee to a full-time business owner Um, what we also sometimes see is women-owned businesses won't charge the market rate or they'll work for free Mm -hmm. and whilst that's fine if it's part of a negotiation to get in front of a target group it's not a sustainable strategy ongoing and you really need to value your time as money Mm -hmm. Um, you know as Alana mentioned for a lot of women starting a business can be part of overcoming challenges they've had or are having in their corporate career Um, and actually again some good news research shows that women business operators have really high levels of life satisfaction so yes those research as well and I was smiling when I read it yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So 57% were pleased or delighted with the quality of their lives and 30% mostly satisfied. That's really high. And that was across 10 years of longitudinal data for self-employed women. So they had higher job satisfaction than all other female workers. And really it's because they're changing the systems and structures that exist in their current workplaces and that they're building companies that align with their values Often they're trying to create a legacy um, or a social and economic impact. Yeah. Well, you've both shared so many great tips in there around the money side and superannuation. I, I hear this from a lot of female business owners. They'll be like they're not paying themselves and not putting into super yet. So like you said, and I've seen the great stuff you've been sharing around this and one of your members who specialises in this, so plug for her. I can't remember her name. We can do a tag at the end. Superannuation for women, right? Yeah. Super rewards, yes. There you go, super rewards. And the thing you said about time and honouring and valuing your time, again, I hear so many of those conversations and obviously I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, and like you said, it's balancing that because it doesn't pay the bills and doesn't mean you could never do it and there's a time and a place for all of that, but you also have to be mindful, um, like you said, gender pay gap, all those sorts of things, burnout. Um, and so many mm-hmm. women I work with that are burning out are typically the ones who give so much and never want to say no and always want to help everyone and then they burn out in the process, right? So there's so many great things um, you shared in there. So I guess kind of tying our conversation together, ladies, do you have like an inspirational quote or a mantra? I'm going to ask each of you. So maybe, Jade, you can go first or even a song. I'm, I'm really into music, so I'm bringing music back into my world in 2022 and I'm even making a book playlist. So, um, Jade, favourite song or an inspirational quote when the going gets tough as it does sometimes for all of us? Oh, oh, I love I love music. I absolutely agree with you on the power of music to change your, your mood and in, inspire. Um, but mine is a quote. So the power to question is the basis of all human progress. And Indira Gandhi said that. And for me, it is about just staying curious and always being open to learning something new. Absolutely love that. Alana, do you have one, a song or an inspirational quote that you tell yourself when the going gets tough? <laughs> I was fearful then, Shona, you were going to ask us to sing. I'm really good. <laughs> never do that. Mine is a quote as well. <laughs> um, so mine is that happiness is pretty simple. Mm. You need someone to love, something to do and something to look forward to. And that's by Rita Mae Brown. And I think in life we can think we need all these other things that are going to make us happy, but actually it's pretty simple when you, when you, you you know, boil it down to that, yeah. I love both of those quotes. So I guess in closing, tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about Fem Economy and how they can join. And obviously after the podcast, I'll do a tag with all your links, but just tell us where they can go because I know you're on Twitter and all sorts as well. Yep, so they can follow us um, or have a look at the website at femeconomy.com or find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the socials that we have to be on. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, LinkedIn is probably our main community. Sure. Well, look, I just want to say thank you both so much for making the time today to have this conversation. Like I said before, I love being a part of your network and you're doing such great work in this space and you're so supportive of women. And every time I speak to you both, um, I feel inspired and, and just really sort of happy. So continue to do what you both do and I will help promote you through all my channels with this podcast and I really look forward to staying in touch.
Thanks, Shona. Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.